This is my boomstick. Hi, I'm Chris. Hi, guys. I'm Robert. And we're the Film Flamers, bringing you another top 10. That's right. And category is... Horror Horror comedies. comedies. Chris, I have to say, out of all the top 10s that we have done thus far, this was by far the very hardest for me. Really? Why? I like uh, when we first decided to do horror comedies, I was like, I don't even know if I can think of ten that I like. And so after we decided that, I went home and I pulled out my phone and I was like, I'm just going to make a list of everything that came to mind. And I ended up with a list of like 42 movies. Oh, so I was surprised by that. And so in preparation for this top ten, I have done so much rewatching and watching of movies, and I just found myself at a loss of how to rank things and I went back and just reordered my list so many times and it's just been quite the struggle for me. It's interesting that you say that because I actually I didn't think it would be difficult, but I did have like a list of like 30 different movies that I kept switching around and then I had my top 10 and then I remade it two more times. Mm-hmm. So I think in preparation for this I watched about 12 movies. Wow. Holy yeah. crap. So I have done my research. A lot of them did not make the final list. And I was glad that I watched them again because I haven't seen them in quite a long time. But I found myself in a very difficult predicament to you know, create this top 10. I'm still not even quite sure that it's my actual top 10. Like at this moment, I'm wanting to change something. But I'm going to shoot straight forward and this is what I'm doing. Yep. And it's there's no going back now. Stuck in stone. That's right. Do you want to go first? Uh, sure. Let's switch it up. My first, and also your first. I'm just trying to pronounce student buddies. Um, I don't. Yeah, I think I've seen that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> In fact, I feel like we recorded something about that. Yeah, student bodies. Right? Oh yeah, student bodies. Mm-hmm. From 1981. Oh, the one with the the 25 rating on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> I felt obligated to put that on this list uh, <laughs> because we covered it. <laughs> Honestly, I did too. You there's know, so many. It's just that there's so many really good horror comedies. Like who knew? And originally, and so many of them are classics. Well, and I guess this is sort of a classic too. You know, now that we have our conversation about student bodies that was posted, you know, a couple weeks ago, guys. If you haven't listened to it, go back and do that. It's sort of you know a, a renaissance in this movie that we've grown. You know, to love it even more as adults, right? At the end of the day, though, it's not like a horror comedy classic like the film, say, Glitter. Oh, my God. What a horrific movie that is. Mariah Carey at her absolute most horrific. Right. (laughs) (laughs) But really, I mean, I, too, felt obligated, beholden, sort of, to put this on the list. I do enjoy this movie as a horror comedy very, very much. It's a hilarious spoof of slashers, you know, and the joke's kind of become one note in it and i i think that over time if i keep watching it more i will grow to love it but i it barely barely made it onto the list but what's interesting is like not to to belabor the point but there are so many really good horror comedies and and in ratio to how many are made yeah it's really strange that so many of them like a percentage of the ones that are made are just really good. I agree. I mean, and that that's why making this list was so hard for me. But, you know, I'm going to stick with my number 10 as student bodies. And obviously it's your number 10 as well. Yeah. I have a favorite quote from this movie. And I was trying to think of things that made me laugh a lot in these movies because I'm trying to rank them based on comedy aspects. Like what makes me laugh the most in these movies. Click. <laughs> My favorite comedic quote from this. Hasn't there been enough senseless killing? Let's have a murder that makes sense. (laughs) So, I mean, so as this list goes down, I'm sort of like ticking off the movies that I think are the funniest. So, yeah. With that being said, Chris, what's your number nine? My number nine is Shaun of the Dead from 2004. I have to say, for those of you who listen to our top 10 zombie films, I have since watched Shaun of the Dead. (gasps) <gasps> yeah. And I liked it very, very much. I'm so proud of you. Thank you. I know. I have to rectify all these things. Uh, continue with your assessment. So of the Dead is, of course, Simon Pegg and Nick Frost duo, and probably their most famous and enduring film as a partnership. And it's just, it's like, 
it's about friendship and love and family and zombies and death and killing and queen songs and drinking. <laughs> and there's a lot of overt comedy and physical comedy as well as British comedy. It's just a classic. Everyone who watches it loves it. So, I mean, it really kind of needs no introduction, needs no, you know synopsis or anything to say about it because I feel like most people have seen it except for you so I think we can uh, move on with your number nine but I have seen it now thank you <laughs> um, I did enjoy that movie very very much it's not on my list I think the more that I watch it since I've only seen it one time it will grow in my heart you know but it was a fantastic movie and I applaud it being on your list uh, my number nine is housebound um, it's a New Zealand film from 2004, directed by Gerard Johnstone. Uh, Haven't seen it. <laughs> this movie is so fucking hilarious. And it's one of the only movies on this list that both actually scares me and makes me laugh. Like, it, there's some really scary parts in this movie. And it's all about this this woman who is arrested for trying to explode an ATM to steal the money. And she gets sentenced to house arrest with her mother, whom she hasn't lived with in, like, many, many years. But then she starts to realize that there's something evil in the house that she's living in, right? And so it becomes this, like, horror comedy mystery of trying to figure out what's going on. And there is an amazing performance in this movie uh, by a woman named Rima Tiwata. And to me, it is like an Oscar caliber comedic performance. It is so good. So funny. I laugh every time I see this movie. I'm scared every time I see this movie. It just really is up there for me. Um, One of my favorite quotes from it is, um, but anyone who says there is no such thing as a bad egg obviously hasn't worked in social services. And like, (laughs) I love this film so, so much. My number eight is Dead Alive from 1992 by Peter Jackson. And we just talked about this in our top 10 zombie films last month. But uh, it's straight up origami. I mean, there's, yeah. I mean, there's not much more I could say. Uh, that I didn't already say for our last top 10, but it's uh, one of the goriest, funniest out there movies that you will ever see. So, And if you guys recall from that episode, I had not seen it, but Chris showed it to me directly after that recording. And it was a lot of fun. I need to watch it a couple more times. Um, it was a little goofier than I was expecting, but I really enjoyed like the gore in it. I thought it was a, a great <laughs> blend of horror and comedy so much fun yeah what's your number eight my number eight is what we do in the shadows i haven't seen it (laughs) and that is a shame also from 2014 and also from new zealand this movie was directed by jermaine clement of uh, flight of the concords fame and taika watiti of um, thor ragnarok fame i guess is what he directed after this right they also wrote the movie and this movie is just like completely funny from start to finish. It's like a mockumentary of vampires living among us, trying to fit in with everyday life. The acting is good. The writing is fantastic. I'm sure a lot of it was ad-libbed, but um, the directing is great. I just, I love, love, love this movie. Something that makes me laugh the most from this. So the vampire is talking to the interviewer and he says, um, I think we drink virgin blood because it sounds cool. And the other vampire says, uh, I think of it like this. If you're going to eat a sandwich, you would just enjoy it so much more if nobody had fucked it. Wow. <laughs> so, I mean. <laughs> wow. It's just a really funny movie. Chris, I know that you would enjoy this. Nice. So, well, so of much. course I would. And I, I know really meant it's been on my list for years, embarrassingly. <laughs> Seriously. And when I say list, I mean active list on like Amazon or Netflix, like to watch my watch list. It was available on Amazon Prime to watch for free until two days ago. And as a friend, you did not tell me that. So yeah, well, I just discovered it when I went to go rewatch it yesterday. <laughs> so, but there's a TV series coming out of this show on FX. I know, yeah. yeah. And the trailers for that yeah. look amazing. We probably should have talked about this in Shooting the Flames, actually. Yeah. 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 Well, whoops. So, guys, if you enjoyed this movie, look out for the TV series. It's coming out. It's the same people. It just looks like a lot of fun. My number seven is Little Shop of Horrors from 1986. <laughs> Starring Rick Moranis. I wanted to put this on my list so bad. I know. I'm I'm kind of shocked that you didn't. Yeah. And that that feeling is going to continue as we work through this list. I can just feel it. Yeah. God. I love this movie. What do What do you think about it? I. You know, it's just there's just something about Steve Martin as a dentist. 
that I love. And uh, Rick Moranis is always gold. And of course, it's just it's just a classic, right? I mean, you can't. There's nothing like Little Shop of Horrors. Yeah, I I sort of I there are a few movies that I know like most of the dialogue from like start to finish, and this is one of them. And I it was on my list of 42 or whatever I had to start with. And I rewatched it, and I was just like, you know, this really does count as a horror comedy because of all the, the love letters to, like, 50s stuff. Not to mention, it's based on an actual horror movie starring Jack Nicholson, right? Uh-huh. And I <clears throat> had it on certain iterations of this list, and I don't know why I took it off, but I applaud you so much for having it on there. And really, just that fucking song of Steve Martin singing about how why he likes to be a dentist to like torture people is the best thing ever in the world. Mm-hmm. In fact, why don't you play a clip right now? Okay, here you go. When I was younger, just a bad little kid, my mama noticed funny things I did, like shooting puppies with a BB gun. I'd poison guppets, and when I was done, I'd find a pussy cat bashed its head. That's when my mama said What did she say? She said my boy I think someday You'll find a way To make your natural tendencies pay You'll be a dentist You have a talent for causing things And we're back. So my number seven is Psycho Beach Party from 2000 Directed by Robert Lee King this is based on a stage play by Charles Bush. I know that he's written lots of like avant-garde, very uh, queer-centric, LGBT-friendly stage plays, right? Yeah. So uh, I had an internship in New York, and actually, uh, one of the things that I I did there was I went to a little stage play, and the main drag queen that is in this film uh, was doing a stage play with someone else. I forget who that was, and I forget her name too. But it was just like a little sit on the the, the chairs and read out the play as a dialogue, mm-hmm. and it was really good. And I got to to meet her and uh, her him. I I don't know how you do drag queens. The conversation continues, and I and I actually worked with in the same room uh, the editor, I think, and cinematographer for Hedwig and the Angry Inch. So. Interesting. I I don't know how that happened. And I oh I also uh, also while I was there ran into like Nev Campbell in the New York blackout because that's when I was there. <laughs> and uh, walking around uh, t- uh, the back streets around Times Square, I uh, I ran into Sarah Jessica Parker filming. Oh my god! Sex in the City. <laughs> I lived in New York for two fucking years. I was I there did... for one month. <laughs> Bullshit. Like the most. I mean, I I met. Um, Paula Cole, and that was great for me, but my lord. So the drag queen you're talking about is Charles Bush. Yeah, like, oh, yeah, okay. it's Sorry. the person who wrote this movie oh. and acted in it, and she is phenomenal. Well, I guess it would be he. He's the drag queen. Yeah, right? I don't. The way he performs in this movie is fantastic. It is the most LGBT positive horror movie I've ever seen. I love watching queer horror, but a lot of times it has some problematic parts to it, and this is just really a positive experience you have two characters who sort of like realize that they're gay and that they love each other and it's a really just fun movie to watch at the same time you have somebody who has all these multiple personalities you know stalking and killing people and doing some crazy shit i just love this movie and it's another parody from the list too it's like a parody of um you know these 60s like beach gidget movies and also you know like drive-in flicks or whatnot but it's a fantastic movie if you have not seen this you really need to go watch it i've always meant to i want to i really want to show it to you i want i want to watch it with you especially since i you know met the person that actually wrote it and acted in it apparently so (laughs) i mean like he's he's a really talented guy i'm surprised because this movie's got like a 53 percent on rotten tomatoes and that really bothers me but 25 percent for on rotten tomatoes for student bodies is also ridiculous well that 53 percent may have come from the year 2000 so keep that in mind that's possible uh one of my favorite lines from psycho beach party is um i've had a man's hairy balls since i was eight it's my source of power they tell me the weather the time of day if there's a pile up on route 66 i mean it's a really tongue-in-cheek fun movie well my number six is Beetlejuice from 1988, directed by Tim Burton and starring Michael Keaton and Winona Ryder, etc., etc. At all. At all. (laughs) 
Beetlejuice has a very consistent vibe. The whole like duo vibe between like Gina Davis and Alec Baldwin and then Winona Ryder and then like the family and then Michael Keaton. I mean, just everything's magic here. I think it all just kind of came together uh, because Tim Burton has not been able to make uh, a horror comedy quite like this since, I think. Uh, although he's done different iterations of different kind of vibes of different things. But um, I mean, just the music choices in this, just like the the sets were great the, the costumes the makeup i mean everything everything's kind of a little dated now but you just really can't beat beetlejuice it's it's beetlejuice i mean it's such a classic i i don't know what else to say i mean if you haven't seen it go fucking see it you loser <laughs> <laughs> i i mean i also enjoy beetlejuice i really think it's like quintessential tim burton right back in like you know his heyday i don't it's hard he hasn't quite made the kind of movies that he used to make. Yeah, I think the only then. thing like post two thousand that I like that he's done is uh, Big Fish. Oh, that was really good. Yeah, that made me cry a lot. You should go into more drama. But you're right. I mean, the music choices in Beetlejuice are fantastic. I think that really like sets up the movie itself. Like that that dinner scene where they were doing the Harry Potter. Oh Fontes, yeah, right? and it also has a great uh, film score by Danny Elfman. I mean, that's just it's great. And of course, like the year later, they did like Batman with an amazing score too, an amazing cast also with Michael Keaton as Batman. What's funny is that I Beetlejuice was on my big list. It never made it to my tapered down ones, and I don't know why. And I don't know why I didn't rewatch it when I was rewatching all these movies. I think I probably need to. Uh, my number six movie is Tremors from 1990, directed by Ron Underwood. Haven't seen it. Have you seen Tremors? I'm kidding. I love this movie. Thank you. I was like, oh my <laughs> God, really? <laughs> no, I love Tremors. I actually like Tremors 2 as well. I have not seen any of the sequels. What? And there's like a bajillion now. Tremors 2, like the, the same chick like from the, that comes back and it's the same cast and everything. It's just, it's not as good as the first, but it's like fun in different ways. Oh my God. I need to watch that. Yeah. I I like this movie a lot. I I mean, I saw it in the theater when I was a kid. So in 1990, I was like 10 or 11, right? And um, it's just like a love letter to like 50s creature movies. Um, it's got some well... It balances the horror and the humor very well for me. And um, the creature effects in this movie are fantastic. Those ones are neat to look at. Oh, yeah. They remind me of like <clears throat> the creatures from Dune. Um, but And of, obviously also the sandworm from Beetlejuice. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Uh, but yeah, Tremors is just so good. I mean, it's... I mean, you don't have to go any further than just saying Reba McIntyre playing a survivalist with an elephant gun to, like, really capture the heart of a young gay boy. I mean, <laughs> come on. <laughs> well, it's also, like, the comedy and everything is just so effortless and relaxed. The whole the whole movie, in yes. my opinion. You know, I mean... I mean, and the the performances are great. I mean, these are these are actors who have like done comedy for a long time, and they're sort of doing a movie that I think is comedy first and horror second, right? Yeah. But I mean, that's perfectly fine. One of my favorite lines from this that I quote all the time with my brother, because I think it's my brother's favorite line from Tremors, is "Damn it, Valentine, you never plan ahead. You never look at the long view. Here it is Monday, and I'm already thinking of Wednesday. Wait, is it Monday?" <laughs> <laughs> My number five is Gremlins and Gremlins 2. That's an excellent choice. Thank you, sir. <laughs> yeah. I wanted to put Return of the Living Dead somewhere in here, but one of them had to go, so I chose Gremlins. And Gremlins, some might say, is a Christmas movie, but I personally believe that it is a comedy horror movie that happens to be on Christmas. And uh, people can disagree with me, let me know. Um, but... Uh, I just cannot do a top 10 list without gremlins on it. Uh, it's just so good. Uh, all of the comedy, all of the creature effects, it just works so well. Um, there's like this dry, dark humor to it as well uh, that you wouldn't expect from that kind of like a puppety creature feature film or whatever. Uh, but it's just, it does it, what it does, it does so well. Uh, so I would I would definitely see that if you haven't and go rewatch it. It's uh, it's different when you watch it again as an adult if you didn't watch it since you were a child. And you also like the sequel too. Right? Yeah, yeah, sure, with Christopher Lee. Yes, that's right. <laughs> and uh, it's like one of his greater final performances. No, no, he was in Lord of the Rings, right? I can't even say that. Oh my god. <laughs> but uh, I mean, Gremlins also spawned uh, a lot of other little creature feature horror movies like Critters. Yeah. Uh, which I almost also put on this list. Yes, that's right. I mean, 
considered a comedy. Yeah. I I mean, I I love Gremlins. I love it very much. And when he's saying some people, he's pointing that directly at his co-host, right? So, I mean, I I see it as a Christmas movie, you know, and if I were yeah. making... Well, that's fair. It's on Christmas. If I were making a Christmas list, I would it would definitely be at the very top. But, I mean, does any other movie, is like Die Hard a Christmas movie? Yes. I mean, <laughs> okay um i'm you... weird y'all i don't know okay would you say alien is a christmas movie does it take place on christmas it might mm, if it were <laughs> then yes <laughs> okay so all other genres are consumed by christmas if it happens to be on christmas i i love gremlins and like i in in all honesty i had this on my list for a very long time while making it and it really just came down to what made me laugh more. Like, which one did I think was a bigger comedy than the other? And I, I, I took it off my list because it didn't make me laugh quite as much as some of the other movies that I had on. You had it on your list? Yes, I did. And I took it off. So I'm glad that you put it on there. Oh. So uh, It's fortuitous. Exactly. My number five movie is Buffy the Vampire Slayer from 1992, directed by Fran Rubel Kazuzi. For some reason, my mother would let me see like things like Critters and other things, but she would not. For the, I begged and begged and begged her for me to like rent this VHS, and she never let me do it. Finally, when I was like old enough to kind of do it myself, I got it, and it was okay. I that's so funny <laughs> that you should share that anecdote because Buffy the Vampire Slayer was the very first movie that I ever saw by myself in a theater. My mom dropped my 12-year-old self off at the theater and nice. I got to go see whatever I wanted to and that's what I wanted to see. You know, and it was at the dollar movie so it wasn't the best part of town. So my mother obviously had some questionable parenting choices going on. But yeah, I was obsessed with this movie as yeah. a little preteen gay boy. I wanted to see it for the horror because it looked super accessible at that time in my life. And uh, I didn't expect the comedy. And what I what I didn't like was the, the horror as much. And what I really liked and liking was the comedy aspects and of it. Same. Like, yeah. hard same. Like, I, I, I went to go see it because I thought it was going to be a, you know, a vampire movie. I had no idea really what a valley girl was at 12. I mean, I, most of the movies that I watched at that point were horror movies. Yeah, I remember the yeah. quote, like, they're looking in the mall or whatever. Whatever, she's trying to get along with these girls or something and one of them's like that coat was so five minutes ago it's retro <laughs> <laughs> i mean i just was obsessed with buffy the vampire slayer after i saw this movie i bought the soundtrack when it came out on video i had my copy i watched it all the time and so when buffy the tv series came on i was immediately like glued to my television set like so I, I didn't i couldn't give two craps until later i watched i think angel like uh, i caught it on TV one uh -huh. time and it was such dark humor like that I like I didn't expect that I actually ended up like getting really intrigued and ended up buying like the DVDs for like the seasons for Buffy and Angel or whatever and I just watched it all the way through and I've been a diehard fan since. I this wasn't until I was in my 20s. Every episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer on the night that it aired. I never missed it. Really? Not Into once. my 20s. All seven seasons. All of it. And there were some nights at gay bars that they had really good drink specials. And I was like, no, it's Buffy night. <laughs> just like, I'm not what doing about uh, Angel? Uh, I liked Angel quite a bit. Not quite as much. I, I started watching Angel and I made it almost like halfway through the series. But I finally finished it when it was on streaming Netflix. But I stopped oh, watching well. eventually. But, okay. I mean, I like the characters a lot in Angel. But um, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, to me, is is fantastic as a TV show. As a movie, it's only number five. But it makes me laugh when I watch it. I enjoy the performances of um, Christy Swanson, who's now like a crazy Republican. And uh, Paul Rubens, Pee Wee Herman, is, he's a really good vampire in that movie. Mm -hmm. And, um, I mean, it's just, it's just great. Um, one of my favorite lines from this movie is this this kid is talking to a TV reporter and he was like, um, they had this look in their eyes, totally cold animal. I think they were young Republicans. So, <laughs> I mean, it's a good watch. Not a great film, but a good watch. My number four is Adam's Family and Adam's Family Values. Yes. <laughs> and OK, so to me, the better film is Adam's Family Values. Agreed. Uh, because they smartly put Wednesday more into focus because Wednesday as a character in these two movies is everything. I adore Wednesday in these movies. It is just 
I love her her script. I mean, like you get just all these one lines, you know, it's like, can I buy some Girl Scout cookies? And Wednesday's like, are they made from real Girl Scouts? <laughs> you know, or something. Or, <laughs> and then like another one, like that that same blonde shows up in the next two is actually on Angel. Actually, was she really? Yeah, as the secretary or the Cordelia's old friend from high school from Buffy. Oh she was the little girl in both um, the little blonde girl in both Adam's Family and Adam's Family Values, playing off of uh, Wednesday. I think her name is Mercedes McNabb. Um, yeah, that sounds uh, really. Oh, you're right. What the hell was that girl's name on Buffy? The really annoying one, and she she was on Buffy, and then she was on Angel. It was like Heather or I forgot the Harmony. Name. Harmony. Yes, yeah. it's Harmony. Oh my God, she is a great character on Buffy. Yep. Yeah. And I love that little bitch on his family values. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and she's like, she's talking to Wednesday, she's like, is that your swimming suit? And Wednesday goes back, is that your overbite? <laughs> <laughs> These movies are so... And her ghost story that she tells, like, at, at the camp or whatever, or just catches the end of her story, and uh, they're all, like, putting the flashlights up to their faces and everything, and Wednesday's telling the ghost story. And she's like, and then, when they woke up, all of their old noses had grown back. <laughs> <laughs> and they just all freak out and scream because they've all had plastic surgery or whatever. I have not seen these movies in a very long time. And I'm ashamed to say oh, that when I made so my good. list of 40, it was not even on it. Oh, it's it's so good. And, and, the, and they're like, it's a special time in her life when all she can think about is, is one thing. And then like the hoity-toity mom, you know, wasp is going, boys. And Wednesday's like, homicide. <laughs> <laughs> I love this too because you introduced me to the Wednesday Adams videos on YouTube. Yeah, right. Yeah, that I think they had to be taken down or whatever because the copyright. But they, she did a good job. Yes, my God. I mean, I had no idea what that even was. I mean, I'm not a big YouTube watcher, and Chris will always have a good video for me to watch when I come over to his place, right? And he was like, "Have you seen this?" And I was just like dying. It was so good. Yeah, loved it. Yeah, so I can't, I can't, like, I have to come back every few years to Adam's Family Values at the very least. I have to watch it again soon. Man, like, uh, who else was in that movie? Like, Christopher Lloyd's in that movie, and uh, Raul Julia. Raul Julia is in it, yeah. You know, yeah, in there. And uh, Angelica Houston. Angelica Houston is a, a wonderful Morticia. She's, like, one of my, probably my second favorite character. But in, in uh, Adam's Family Values, the, the antagonist is, of course, played by Joan Cusack. An amazing comedic actress. Oh, my gosh, she's so good in this film she's good in everything that she's and in, i love really. like having an angelica houston playing this gothic you know queen you know and asking john you know john cusack as like this hoity-toity you know obviously homicidal oh pastels she's <laughs> like get out of my house get out <laughs> after more just ask her why she painted her house in pastels uh two halloweens ago i went as wednesday adams so maybe yeah. maybe just maybe i will post on twitter a picture of me dressed as wednesday and they're really fat wednesday but okay. i mean hey why not all right we've talked enough about that i'm sorry uh what's your number four no apologies my number four is the final girls from 2015 directed by todd strauss Scholson. that was good yeah i love this movie and this is a movie that we actually talked about with scream queens on his podcast that's right for his uh potathon for halloween he invited us on to talk about the final girls and it was a, a fantastic choice because it was something that i already loved i mean he didn't know that when he asked us on um but it was it was fun to talk about with him if you have not listened to that episode go check it out on his feed scream queens this movie is filled with so much heart in it right and it's i mean it's the the best combination of like drama and horror and comedy to me and every time i watch this movie i i laugh my ass off and i cry and it, it hits me in all the feels well it's also yeah. incredibly unique in a way that like i think cabin in the woods kind of is unique yeah and that cabin in the woods is kind of like the horror movie to end all horror movies literally but uh this one they actually get to go into a horror movie That's and right. enjoy it and uh there's multiple aspects to that familial otherwise but it's just it's a really surprising film so i would recommend it to anyone that has not seen it final girls is a really good movie that's right and this is one of the movies that me and chris have actually watched together and i mean we both really enjoy it it made it onto my list because i've seen it so many times i just i love this movie i'm ready for a sequel already damn it if y'all would just go ahead and fucking make it yeah um but I think that, by and largely, it really is a send-up of the slasher genre that we didn't get in student bodies, or we didn't get even in Scream, you know? I think this just sort of takes it to a different satirical level. And maybe just borders on parody a little bit. So, 
but it's it's really really fun my my favorite part of this movie is where this like straight character is he calls someone gay and he's like don't say that my dads are gay and the character says uh yeah right gay guys can't have kids they're too busy going to discos and having sex with each other it's a pretty cool lifestyle actually (laughs) so i mean like just that kind of like gay positivity in that sort of horror comedy makes me happy Mm. my number three is Young Frankenstein from 1974 starring Gene Wilder. I have never seen this movie. What? Yeah, I know. Okay, like you don't, like people keep underestimating this movie. Like, why would I see that? It's old. It's got, you know, it's like, you know, um, it's like black and white. You know, it's, it's supposed to be a comedy or whatever. And... I love Mel Brooks. I've just, I've just for some reason have never sat down and watched this movie. This, I know so many quotes from it. I you know? think that this is probably Mel Brooks' best work. Really? Yes. Oh, it's very smartly written. It is hilarious. There was a lot of stuff that Gene Wilder got to do, you know, based on what he wanted to do as an ad lib. From beginning to end, it's just hilarious. It's just good writing, good comedy. Some of it's silly, and some of it's just over the top. But a lot of it's smart. And uh, I can't I can't recommend Young Frankenstein enough. And if you haven't seen it, you need to remedy that because it is it probably should have been my number one. Um, if you're talking about like uh, reviews and stuff, I mean, it's it's up there. It's one of the highest rated horror comedies of all time. I always feel so ashamed when I haven't seen one of the movies on your list. You know what I mean? And especially for this one, I think that's super highly regarded in both like comedy and horror comedy circles. Right? Yeah. And I, I love Terry Gar. I love, is Madeline Kahn in this movie too? I, I don't know the actress's names outside of Gene Wilder. Um, it's yeah. been so long. And I mean, just I like, want to go back and rewatch it very soon. There's so many jokes that I have used in conversation with people like that fucking horse ninny right or whatever, or whatever her name is. Right. Yeah. So I've been living a lie using all these quotes. Yeah. I mean, so I will rectify that. Frankenstein. <laughs> My number three is an American werewolf in London from 1991 directed by John Landis. Yeah, and this film has actually gotten our list before for its transformation effects. And that's actually not on a list so much as it was our brightest flame, I guess. Yeah, for, we were uh, giving a brightest special flame effects. Yeah. yeah, best makeup artist. Yeah, right. and we definitely mentioned this one because it has a very classic werewolf transformation scene. But other than that, this film is a, uh, a very cool comedy. Yeah, I mean, and that transformation scene was what helped it get an Oscar nomination for makeup effects, which almost never happens for horror movies, which is, you know, you know crazy for me to think. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, it was so realistic. And I think that particular scene is delivered in such a comedic way before it leads into the transformation that sort of like helped a mass audience watch this movie. Uh, this movie's got like 80, 88% on Rotten Tomatoes right now, which I think is pretty high, right? I would assume it would be higher, but that's what it's at. It's very scary. It's very gory. And I, I recently, so my nephew is uh, 15. He'll be 16 very soon. And he started loving horror movies about four years ago. And I was like, why don't you just show him some movies that I love? And we sat down to watch An American Werewolf in London because I thought it would be clean enough for him to watch, you know, being R-rated. I forgot how much sex is in this movie and just random stuff. But he laughed his ass off the entire time watching it. And I could not think of a funny part or a funny quote for this movie. So I called my nephew and I said, when we watched American Werewolf in London, what was your favorite funny part? And he just like went off with the quote like like no other so the guy has woken up from being a werewolf he's naked in the zoo in london he's trying to escape so he grabs the balloons from some boy and that little boy says a naked american man just stole my balloons and my nephew just rattled that off like like i have no i was never been prouder of him in my entire life <laughs> for that sort of horror movie recall so i mean i this movie's great it's funny it's a classic. I mean, just yet go another watch it. horror movie from 1981 that I watched when I was very, very young and did not know it was a comedy. That's right. I mean, I can see how you would watch that and be scared by it because yeah. there's there's some really gory stuff in that. Yeah, and a lot of the comedy is like dialogue and stuff when they're just sitting together. And oh stuff. yeah, and especially in that scene too. I think that he wakes up in that crypt or whatever it is. Like not crypt, but like in the the zoo. Yeah, he wakes up in like an animal cage because yeah. he had like eaten some animal. Yeah, and I remember like that that. Spe- that scene like in particular because I just thought it was either like I was scared, and then I was also kind of bored mm-hmm. because I was a child. So 
Yeah, I mean, the, yeah, the, the conversational comedy in that movie is really what makes it a comedy. Yeah. And, you know, John Landis had done other comedies beforehand, like, you know, Animal House and things like that, and which is more overtly comedy. But I think when someone thinks of horror comedies, this sort of ends up on people's list a lot. Yeah. Right? My number two is just a jump to the left. <laughs> and then a step to the right? Oh, exactly. <laughs> And uh, then you put your hands on your hips and you bring your knees in tight. Um, should I do this right now? I don't. <laughs> Let's do the time warp again by making our number two, the Rocky Horror Picture Show from 1975. It's astounding. Time is fleeting. Madness takes its toll. But listen closely. Not for very much longer. I've got to keep control. This is by far the most fantastic choice on your list. I am so excited that it's on there because I didn't even think to put it on the fucking list. You didn't? No. Well, you missed it? And yeah. Oh, yeah. It's a straight up horror comedy musical awesomeness. And uh, there may not be that many uproarious laughter moments in the movie, but you definitely have a smirk on your face the entire oh, yeah. time. Tongue in cheek the whole way through it. Oh, yeah. I mean, gosh. Well, and you and I have talked about this movie since we've known each other. We have referenced mostly the music from this. Yeah. Touch me. I want to be Susan Sarandon. Um, There's a light over at the Frankenstein place. I haven't seen Rocky Horror Picture in a long time either. Science fiction. Double feature. Yep. <laughs> uh, and of course, you know, we sweet transvestite. We could go yeah. on and on and on and on. And uh, you know, if you haven't seen this film, don't go see a live uh, a live showing of it. Have you in your local? Uh, you know, you'll be a virgin and you'll be teased, but mm-hmm. uh, you'll have the time of your life. You've done that, right? Um, you're putting me on the spot. I know you have. It's fine. Just go ahead and say yes. It's fine. I haven't, but I haven't been invited several times. <laughs> oh my God. Do they even still do it anymore? Uh, they probably do just more rarely, but if you can't find one in your local town or city, go watch the movie by yourself or with friends or family or really friends probably. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> probably <not> family. <laughs> and watch it and enjoy it. It is just a blast. Yeah. And just, you know, Listen to the soundtrack on repeat like everyone else. I love this fucking. I, I love this movie. I yeah. love, I love it. I'm glad that you have two musicals on there, and I have no musicals on mine. That's ridiculous for me. Yep. Shit. Mm-hmm. So a shame. Uh, my number two is Ghostbusters from 1984, directed by Ivan Reitman. I don't think I need to say a whole much about Ghostbusters. It's like. It's a classic. There's lots of really great ghost effects in this movie, which sort of cement it in the horror area. Well, it also doesn't really start off as a comedy. It just kind of works its way into it. And I think there's a lot to be said about the cast here because you've got Bill Murray and Dan Aykroyd and everyone like Ernie Hudson, Sigourney fucking Weavers in this. And why do I always have to say her name with a fucking in the middle? Sigourney fucking Weaver. Sigourney fucking Weaver is in this movie. <laughs> um, so I rewatched this movie in preparation for this episode, and I have not seen it. And it had to have been more than 10 years. And I was surprised at how much I laughed at it. I thought that really this was going to be like a nostalgia boner for me, right? And I was surprised at how much I really enjoyed watching this movie again. Yeah. And Annie Potts in this movie is just completely underrated. She's so funny. Now, is there a reason you didn't include Ghostbusters 2 as a package deal? I 
don't really care for Ghostbusters 2. Really? Yeah. Hmm. I mean, I've seen it a couple times, but... The, the painting thing always freaked me out. That painting is hideous. Of that like half balding man or whatever, like yeah. lording over that river and shit. Yeah, yeah that was a really good painting. Um, I think that Sigourney Weaver is good in both those movies. I think the highlight yeah. for these movies is really Sigourney Weaver. So, so it's interesting because I actually had my own little Ghostbusters experience recently within the last couple of weeks. Uh, a friend of mine invited me to go to the uh, the flagship Cinemark Theater in Plano, Texas, uh-huh. where they had the uh, VR experience there. Is that here? Yes. That's the only one, basically. I think there's one in Disneyland, and that's basically it. I knew we had one in Plano, but I didn't know what they were doing. Is it Ghostbusters? They have Ghostbusters on Tuesdays, or they did. And then they might bring it back on during October. And they have a Haunted House one separately from that, too. There's another horror one. Yes. Yeah, and so I've done, um, there was a Star Wars one that was good, mm-hmm. and Ghostbusters one was really good. You go to the hotel, and you go up this elevator, and you like you have to use your actual, like on Star Wars, like the little gun that they give you uh, is like a blaster. Right. And so, but you have to aim with it and everything, but the Ghostbusters thing is almost perfect for this, because you feel the feedback and everything, and uh, and you can like cross the streams and everything. <laughs> And uh, but you can like it kind of latches on, so you don't have to aim very well, you know. And it latches onto the ghost that you're trying to like suck down. And then of course you can smell things like uh, when you when the there's a spoiler, there's the marshmallow man at the very end. Oh the the God. whole side of the building co- comes off, and you have to like shoot the marshmallow man. You can smell marshmallows. Are you kidding me? No. And when the the thing opens up, I forget what it's called, and it sucks the ghosts in. It's a wind vortex, and you can feel that. Oh my god! I mean, I had so, read about this, and I just I want to do it so so bad. Okay, Jesus, I'm so jealous right now. Yeah, because there's another experience in the, in the same vein, right? And it's supposed to be incredibly horrifying. Mm-hmm. I have to look up what the title was, but it's the same like, it's some sort of experimental thing. Is this um, Industrial Light and Magic that did that or something no, like that? No, it's uh, the VR experience at Cinemark is called The Void. The Void, yes. Oh, I want to do that so bad. You're so lucky. Ghostbusters itself is very well-loved and remembered. It's quotable. I think that anybody who grew up in that era grew up loving Ghostbusters. I was scared by it when I was a kid, especially when Sigourney Weaver has those hands come out of the chair and, like, hold on to her, and she's, like, sort of sucked in and becomes Zool, right? But there is no other line in Ghostbusters that can be more well-loved than, Ray, when someone asks if you are a god, you say yes. (laughs) My number one is the Evil Dead series. More specifically, Evil Dead 2 and Army of Darkness because they play like one long movie. They do. And there is just nothing better as far as like an evenly split horror comedy than the Evil Dead series with Bruce Campbell, directed by Sam Raimi. You go back and, and uh, watch like Army of Darkness, the 1993 film, and it... Like they even had better effects at the time. This is the time that Jurassic Park came out, and you've got like these stop motion effects, yeah. <laughs> you know, skeletons. So and, like, like little Jason the Argonaut skeletons, pu- yeah. right? Yeah, little puppet skeletons playing flutes and everything. <laughs> like, uh, there's so many awesome quotes and just the music, the acting, the script. It's just hilarious. Yeah, it's it's just done with so much love, and you can tell everyone making these films had so much fun. I wanted to put Evil Dead 2 on my list so, so bad. I had it on there when I first started making it, and it got kept getting bumped up higher and higher until it was eventually off the list. And I, f- I feel bad about it, because I recall when we watched Evil Dead 2, and we had both seen it before, but we were laughing so hard at that part where all the animal heads were sc- <laughs> <laughs> We had to pause the movie and, like, walk away. We were laughing so hard. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love it. It's fucking hilarious. And uh, a special place in my heart, honestly. I, I always love the Evil Dead series. It's probably in my top three franchises, especially horror franchises of all time. Oh, I know it is. Uh, we were asked a question by Cocktail Party Massacre when we were on their show about, you know, your your co-host's favorite franchises. Yep. And I was, you know, I should put that. And I, I think I did, actually. Yeah, I think we both got that question right. Yeah. yeah. So um, it is... I should mention to you, we're about to go to a horror convention here pretty soon here in Texas, and both Sam Raimi, Ted Raimi, and Bruce Campbell are all going to be there. Ugh, cannot wait. Yeah, I know. You can even get a picture with all three of them. I'm going to have to get my boomstick so I can sign it. You should take that DVD you have of the fucking face. Oh, I should. Yes. I need to put a new watch battery in it so it screams again when you touch it. So every time they try to sign it, it screams. Yes. It's perfection. (laughs) I love it. I'm going to bring that. 
my number one horror comedy is Cabin in the Woods from 2010, directed by Drew Goddard. Good choice. I I love this movie so, so much. And it's funny that it's on this list because when I went to go see it, I didn't know that it was a comedy. Well, Drew Goddard has an incredibly good sense of humor, especially when he's partnered with a scriptwriter like Joss Whedon. Yeah. And uh, of course, I think my first experience with Drew Goddard was an Angel episode that they're all turned into puppets. Which oh, was yeah. I like that Hilarious. <laughs> It was so good. And uh, they, they went on to do Cabin in the Woods. And it was uh, amazing. I remember seeing the trailers for this movie. And I was like, well, I want to see that. Because I thought it was just a straight up horror movie. I had no idea that it was that. Yeah. And when I finally got to go see it, I was completely floored by it. It's just one of those reasons to like, don't don't pay too much attention to a trailer. If it looks bad or whatever, still go see the movie. Because this movie is nothing like what they advertise it yeah, to be. And I can't believe that it's it's been almost 10 years. It's I know. Crazy. I was just thinking that too when I made the list. I was like, has it been that long Because I still remember the marketing and I remember being disappointed um, that they had shown, because I kind of knew what it was going to be about. And I, I remember they had shown the bird hitting the, the shield or whatever. Yeah, and and I was like, don't give spark. it away. See, and I didn't, I had no idea. And Joss Whedon had been uh, saying like, this is the horror movie to end all horror movies, literally. And I was like trying to contemplate what that meant, mm-hmm. you know? And then we see that trailer and everything. And I felt like I knew what it was before that trailer came out. And I was hoping they would keep it tighter to the chest. Uh, but they they didn't, and uh, but it's still even with that scene being shown, you don't really get how much deeper, literally deeper, <laughs> they yeah. they go well, in the from, movie. From the very first scene of this movie, I was laughing my ass off. It was so unexpectedly funny, yeah. and well acted, and well made, and well written. I mean, like honestly, if you have loved horror movies your entire life, this is like the horror movie fans' wet dream. I well, mean, yeah, and you expect it to be kind of like a a character feature where it's going around these characters is like a low budget kind of film set to the cabin right mm-hmm. and it is that basically until the very end when it's just an explosion of kind of big budget moments yes which is uh it's just there's nothing like it out there no. it's incredibly unique and i can completely respect that as your number one it is a perfect movie and i would one day love to have a full episode on it i just know that the amount of research that you and i both would put into yeah. it would be outstanding plus the <laughs> so. best thing about it is that sigourney fucking weaver's in it that's right sigourney fucking weaver is in this one too and she <laughs> has got to, i mean we already have given her a brightest fame for blessed blessed for best horror she actress. is blessed but, but she's also like the best horror comedy actress too this woman can do everything have you ever seen paul no i haven't With seen alien paul. she's in that too what? and you'd like her in that sure i would yeah I need to she shows at the end movies. just like in this one my favorite favorite quote from the cabin in the woods it's kind of long but it always sticks in my head and so all these guys are betting on the the creature that's gonna take over right and someone goes to complain about not winning the thing and he was like i had zombies and one guy says yes you did yes you had zombies but this is zombie redneck torture family see they're an entirely separate species like the difference between an elephant an elephant seal. <laughs> so, I mean, well, I'm one of those people that uh, pause the film just to look at that whiteboard that they have with all the different mm-hmm. things. They have angry, molesting trees, like from Evil Dead. And everything Do you know else. how many times I have Googled that just one thing yeah. just to look at that whiteboard again and say, like, <laughs> let me go find a movie that has the angry, molesting tree or whatever. Like, It was like the merman or whatever seemed like the most innocuous one. They're like, no, that's the worst. <laughs> yeah. Well, he, so he wanted to see it. Eats the most, you right? and it throws probably... you out its blowhole or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I love Cabin in the Woods. So I had a couple, actually, I'm, I'm including my three runners up. Of course, the ones that aren't already on Robert's list is uh, Tucker and Dale versus Evil from 2011. The Abominable Dr. Fives from Which 1971. I have, not, I have not seen that. Oh, I need great. to watch it. And Zombieland uh, from 2009. Also good. So what did you have any uh, runners up? I did. I had a couple. I really, really love the movie The Burbs. Which is by Joe Dante. He's the same director as Gremlins. And I think... I've never seen it. He's he's a fantastic horror comedy director. And he um, he did The Howling, which is a pretty serious horror movie. But everything he's done since then has been very comedic. And this movie's got Tom Hanks sort of at the top of his, like, underappreciated game. It's a very muted comedic performance by him. It's got Carrie Fisher in it, which is always oh. good to see. And uh, Corey Feldman. I mean, it's just wow. like... It's a great 1989 horror comedy, and I watched it a lot as a kid. Something else that I really liked that I um, – my my next two runners up, 
I'm not even quite sure I can call a horror movie. I asked a couple people and they seem to disagree with me that they were horror films. Uh, the first one is Heather's. Oh, love Heather's. That was almost on my list, but I couldn't consider it horror. And that's exactly why it's not on mine either. I and almost put it on and I was like, I can't consider that horror. But it's, it's just like a, a very comedy. dark comedy. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, it's quotable and it's funny and I find it horrific in certain spots, right? What's your damage, Heather? <laughs> Fuck me gently with a chainsaw. I mean, like, <laughs> I love Heather's. So good. It's a, it's a part of my childhood that I'll never forget. But my last runner up, and again, I just could not put it on a list of horror comedies, is Clue from 1985. And yeah. Clue is in my top five favorite movies of all time. I know every piece of dialogue to this movie. Yeah. I love it so, so much. And I wanted to put it on this list so badly. I just didn't think that we could remotely call it even horror adjacent. I mean, at best, it's a mystery, right? But it's really just a straight up comedy. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. Dark, but not even as dark as Heather's. I would consider Heather's a horror movie before Clue. Well, it might be just as much as you'd say like Adam's Family. I know there's a lot of macabre and like horror stuff in Adam's Family, but really it's not used in a horror way, right? Yeah. So you've placed like this horror-esque family into like a comedy movie, essentially a dark comedy movie. You know, there's another Adam's Family movie coming out soon, right? I think it's animated. I really want like a show, a TV show with Christina Ricci as Grown Up Wednesday. Oh, I'd watch I it. I just need to see that. Totally. Well, and I know a lot of people like Clue as well. So, I mean, uh, if you think that Clue can be considered a horror comedy, reach out and let us know, please. And also tell us what you think about our choices for horror comedies. I think Chris and I had a really good time making this list. I think that there's a lot of movies that we could interchange in here. And it, this is one of those lists that will change for us over time. So tell us what you think about it. Tell us what your favorite horror comedy is. And you can do that at the Film Flamers on Twitter or Facebook. Or you can even email us at tiredqueens at filmflamers.com. Or if you want to make your comedic voice heard, you could call the Film Flamers hotline at... 972-666-7733. Until then, I think that we have laughed ourselves into a stupor. Yeah, I, I, I gotta take a nap. That's I'm right. Tired, so, I'm a tired queen. Well, until then, guys, watch some horror comedies and... Sweet dreams. I can't even laugh anymore. I just... <laughs> just kidding. Liar. <laughs> Ha, 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 ha.